You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the CEO and founder of Rock, Paper, Scissors. We are a music tech PR firm. And uh, as you may have heard, we have just announced that Music Tectonics, the conference, is going online. October 27th and 28th, 2020, we will be using a really cool platform we found that's going to make for an exciting event. And... Uh, we are going to start sharing some of the content that will be taking place at the conference. I'm really excited because our guest on the podcast today, Alexander Perrion from Genesis, is going to join us at Music Tectonics. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dimitri. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you calling in from Stockholm, an American in Stockholm running a music tech company. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. And like I said, Alex, you're going to be at the Music Tectonics online conference, but we're going to take a deep dive now into what you do. Uh, we've been talking about all sorts of things that have kind of exploded with the COVID-19 uh, lockdown, and some of them are converging trends with things that were happening before, and one of them is gaming and virtual worlds and music. Alex, your company, Genesis, uh, is involved with doing live events in Minecraft. We've been hearing about more and more festivals taking place in Fortnite and Minecraft, and now there's a head of music for Roblox. Tell me about the traction of in-game or in-world concert experiences. Do, do people come to the game for the concert, or do they find the music because they're already in the game? And, and what do you see happening in this whole world? So what we've seen, uh, and part of the reason we're so excited about this project is that uh, the user base for Minecraft specifically uh, is, is massive uh, globally. It's one of the top three largest games in the world um, by a monthly user base. So we have that Minecraft has sold 200 million copies worldwide. Um, there are 126 million playing monthly. So it's active monthly accounts. And then on top of that, um, in China, they've actually released a free version of the game, which then boosts that uh, total user number to 480 million. So you have almost a half a billion people on the Minecraft platform. Um, and so when you create festivals uh, within the game, you're opening it up, uh, the festival and your artists, your brands to this entire audience um, that might not otherwise be accessible to your um, to your artist, brand, uh, or otherwise, uh, depending on uh, where you are physically located. Right. Wow, those are some huge numbers. Um, and, and what I'm getting the sense from you is that people do actually get to uh, maybe discover something they wouldn't find otherwise. Certainly, even pre-COVID, in terms of live events, if you have... A people people from around you could almost treat minecraft like its own country right like i'm gonna yeah. tour, I'm, i was gonna tour the uk i was gonna tour um japan but now i'm gonna tour minecraft <laughs> that's right it's a we also have 40 million uh hours of monthly on twitch of minecraft are being watched so people playing minecraft uh, are heavily watched on twitch 40 million uh, a month for another number there for you I know that for sure because I have an 11-year-old son who's huge into Minecraft and he watches he probably watches 40 million hours of Minecraft videos every day. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> so, um what's it like to be quote at a concert in Minecraft? What do you see? What do you do? 
So when you show up at the Minecraft event, um, we have a specific server address. So you log into the game, um, you type in our server address and you're loaded into our server, server entrance area. Um, and we can design this however uh, our partners would like, uh, depending on who we're working with. Um, for instance, at the, at the Blockly Music Festival we did for um, University of Berkeley, uh, there's a big Blockly sign with the stadium, uh, the UC Berkeley Stadium in the background. Um, you can walk in, explore the map. Um, we have mini games, shops. Uh, and once you approach the stage, um, you can hear the music. Uh, there's laser lights. Uh, we can design visuals, live uh, dynamic maps, which I can explain as well. Um, eh, basically, whatever you can imagine, we can recreate in Minecraft for uh, a festival experience. Um, to go back to the, the Blockly example, we had... Uh, uh, 30 hours of music over two days um, as short sets uh, per artist, uh, but it allowed us to uh, get a lot of exposure for those that were working with us um, in the festival. Wow, it sounds really fun. What, what can you do in a Minecraft concert that's, that, that feels like real life, and what can you do that's not like real life, that you can't do in real life? <laughs> so um, a Minecraft festival in in real life allows you to show up and experience the music with uh, other players around, right? You can see other users jumping up and down uh, in <laughs> front of the stage. Uh, you can buy merchandise that will um, be displayed on your character. Uh, we're working on a feature now where that merchandise can also be sent to uh, your home when you purchase it online. Um, wow. We, you can, uh, explore the area that surrounds the uh, the stage. Um, hearing moving around to different stages is also possible. Um, so you can see uh, different performances or acts that you might be interested in. And of course, because it is in a virtual uh, world, we don't have a lot of the safety requirements that uh, an actual festival would have or the expense that an actual festival would have. So. For instance, uh, a dynamic map uh, example would be uh, right before your headliner appears, uh, a volcano erupts in the background, revealing a volcano stage. And they have, you know, the DJ booth in the middle of this <laughs> volcano playing um, while the lava flows around the audience. And obviously in, in the real world, that would be a little bit dangerous, maybe a few safety waivers required. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, uh, things like that are, are entirely possible. Um, uh, we're working, uh, one of our clients is looking at uh, recreating a cyberpunk styled city that they can host a concert into. Um, so uh, really, whatever you can imagine, we can create. Wow, that sounds, that sounds fun. You know, I wanted to ask you if you thought this was just a blip. Uh, uh, this interest in, in festivals and concerts in in game worlds, uh, a blip because of the requirement of social distancing um, and whether this would outla outlast COVID, the, the, the crisis we're having worldwide. But I, I mean, I can't imagine that people wouldn't want to do this 
regardless, I mean, I'm sure it's accelerating, right? Because all the, all the artists, managers, agents, and so forth want to figure out how to continue building uh, relationships with artists and, and, I mean, with fans and, um, and having them have engaging experiences. Um, so, so I take it you think it'll outlast COVID? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, we do believe that was a question early on was, hey, how are we going to approach this as a business? Is there an actual case here for extended use past COVID, or should we really focus on, you know, one or two events um, and then, you know, wind things down? But uh, the more we looked into it, uh, the more we found uh, examples um, uh, where we believe this is really going to last past COVID. Um, there's a company called Blockworks in the UK that's been around since the second year of Minecraft. Uh, and they've been recreating virtual spaces for a wide range of clients uh, for users to interact with. One of their most more famous projects was the Uncensored Library, um, which received a lot of buzz uh, earlier this year. Um, where they created basically a library that would host censored news articles and books from uh, around the world so that they would always be publicly available. Oh, wow. uh, and it was a, a collaboration with um, uh, journalists, Reporters Without Borders was the, hmm. the organization. So um, uh, they've also worked with, for instance, uh, Disney to recreate Neverland as a, uh, a um, promotional server interaction experience for um uh peter pan um and some <laughs> of and a lot of a few other movies there um so it there's a, a lot of potential moving forward not only in uh live music events but outside of um uh, outside of the performance environment um inside of the performance environment clients are also interested because it allows them um, to expand their audiences um, to people that might not be able to access the music mm -hmm. festivals or concerts uh, due to physical barriers, right, or cost of travel. Um, you know, I've, I've always wanted to go to uh, like Ultra in Miami, um, but I've never had the, the timing and budget has never quite lined up for me. So um, I've been to the, the local one in Croatia, but if there was a you know, a digital recreation of Ultra Miami, maybe I would uh, be able to go uh, just by logging on to Minecraft and experiencing some degree of that, uh, that festival experience, right? Yeah. Um, the other uh, people that we've seen are interested in this uh, Minecraft recreation um, are seasonal venues. So venues that um, for our outdoors generally are only popular during certain times of year, uh, can basically freeze themselves, freeze themselves in time in a specific climate or weather where, mm -hmm. um, they're always accessible. Uh, so they can still generate revenue, brand recognition and, uh, ticket sales, uh, even when the venue itself might be closed. 
Yeah, that's cool. There's so much in the, in a virtual world that you can kind of like control for that you can't in real life. <laughs> right. Not to not to mention rain checks, right? And and just the danger of having an outdoor festival when when weather can 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 uh, become uh, make it impossible to to keep the festival. So listen, I I I remember I was well over a decade ago, I think, when people were doing stuff like this in Second Life. There weren't a ton of festivals, but there were there were some, and there was. Um, I know people were making virtual goods and selling, and there was a whole economy that emerged there. And I'm curious if you th- have thought about Second Life, wh- why it failed, and, and how that failure will be avoided now. Yeah, I, uh, believe it or not, was a early user of Second Life. I thought it was, a, when I was younger, a really cool idea, right, to be able to explore these uh, virtual worlds. Um, and it, the amount of interest that it uh, managed to gather um, but I believe, and I've spoken with a couple other people, um, our CTO uh, for the company, it was the former uh, principal software engineer at Microsoft. And so he also um, uh, was pretty experienced in Second Life. Um, and we were having this discussion and we came to the conclusion that uh, the reason Second Life didn't work out is that over time, uh, it became more of a, an adult-oriented community, which kind of mm. corrupted the uh, the innocence, if you will, of the the online uh, community. And it was it was like aggressive uh, to some degree. Um, I, I know they still have a small community that um, uh, uses Second Life, but the the reason Minecraft uh, specifically. Um, we believe will have lasting power is because of the, uh, the community moderation that's carried out by um, Microsoft and internally uh, with the community itself. Um, the tools and things they've developed are, are much more um, uh, friendly to a, a general audience uh, than mm. um, maybe Second Life was. And the other thing I'd like to mention is that uh, Genesis itself as a company um, although we do see Minecraft as a great starting block because of the um, a large user base, right, uh, and strong community that has developed a number of these tools, um, it's not necessarily the, the final stopping point. You did mention uh, Roblox earlier. Mm-hmm. We're starting to take a look at that as a possible area for future expansion um, or even creating our own um, uh, virtual reality uh, interaction um, uh, platform in the future. But of course, uh, the question is, uh, both of Roblox and Minecraft already have these uh, built-in users and it really requires a, a strong brand name recognition following in order to be able to drive people to a, a new platform. Um, so we'll see, it's a possibility in the future. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's really good insights. I had forgotten that second life had turned into such a, like a dark place with, <laughs> with kind of a skeezy, a skeezy kind of popular uh, segment of the population, making it kind of like no longer fun for people who weren't going down the, 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 the path of whatever it was they were right. doing kind of. <laughs> um, and it is interesting to think about my, I mean, it actually makes me wonder about Minecraft because it was, it's basically like the Legos of the era, but now it's just like a the population that uses is getting older, but also you know older um, people older than eleven or or thirteen are just you know they have a whole world of of interaction that's happening there. So it's um it's so interesting to watch it evolve 
as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you, Alex, where did you get the idea to build virtual events inside Minecraft? How did you get to this point where you're the CEO of Genesis, this company that's offering this service of building these music uh, festival experiences there? So uh, I have to start this story with how Genesis began. Um, and that was with the commencement uh, ceremony for the University of California, Berkeley. Uh, this year, of course, due to COVID-19, uh, it was canceled. Uh, fortunately, there's a, a small, devout group of Minecraft users on campus, um, and they had uh, built an entire one-to-one replica of the campus on their Minecraft server. Uh, and so when they heard that commencement was canceled, uh, they reached out to the school to see if it would be a possibility to recreate commencement inside of their Minecraft server. And um, the school has uh, worked very closely with them uh, to put together this event. Um, one of the, the strong points I should mention as well is that um, we work with uh, OS Studios, um, very closely with OS Studios, who is a a video game um, video producer. So their specialty and expertise is in uh, creating in-game video coverage. So you have multiple cameras uh, that you can cut between for a real live uh, professional feel to your productions. Um, A lot of video game footage you see is either static or first-person point of view uh, from the streamer you're watching, um, but working with them allows us to have uh, graphic overlays, multiple angles, uh, and even live or uh, pre-recorded video uh, as part of the experience. So for instance, um, during the commencement, we worked with the commencement speakers to pre-record videos of their speeches. We recreated their uh, Minecraft personas. So we had them send us photos of them in the cap and gown uh, with their sashes um, and braids. And then uh, we recreated their figures in the Minecraft game and then uh, had the speaker, like the actual figure giving the speech and then um, the video of the speech at the same uh, simultaneously for the event. And it gave the feel of having uh, a commencement as close to you as you could at least to a commencement uh, without having to be in the proximity of other people and risking, of course, COVID exposure. Um, So the commencement, great. Um, The school, happy to work with uh, the builders to put this together. Um, and, uh, one of our f- co-founding members, Johan Yang is part of, uh, Bose, which is a DJ duo, uh, who also attends university, California, Berkeley. And they said, Hey, along with this commencement, we should put on a music festival for the students. Um, and so, uh, they reached out to their management team, who is also on our, uh, part of our founding team, um, Antonio DePuerto and uh, Luigi Pocari, and uh, we worked with them to book uh, a number of artists for two days. And um, uh, during this time, they were like, hey, we need somebody to help us lead this, this idea. 
uh, continue to help grow it. And that's when they contacted me and they're like, Hey, Alex, can you help organize this and build this into something larger and help us with a future direction? Uh, and that, that's where I stepped in. So, um, I helped, uh, with the event, the tail end of the event, and then now, uh, into the, the future there. Well, that's a, that's a cool launching off point. Um, so, so let's, let's get into a little bit more nitty gritty here. If someone is considering doing a music performance or a festival in Minecraft, what do they need to consider? What, how, how do they start to frame the, the scope of that project? What, what, uh, yeah. What are the considerations? So we ask that, um, our team is made up of uh, designers, programmers, artist managers, musicians, producers. Uh, we have a lot of expertise. Um, so we can definitely help uh, whoever comes to us with uh, an idea or just the um, desire to throw a Minecraft festival. But we ask that they at least have some idea of what audience they're looking for, what they'd like the world to look like a little bit. It can be as vague as we'd like an island, we'd like a city, uh, we'd like it to be on a ship, an underwater, uh, you know, secret layer of some sort. Um, and then uh, what kind of artists they'd like to work with, as well as um, uh, any sort of uh, in-store, or sorry, in-game stores or... Um, uh, sponsorship partners they'd like to have. And so we work with them to create a world uh, that has a, a stage, um, merchandise stores, and kind of help them build out the idea through uh, a number of a number of steps. And um, so let me see, let's a, a better example. So for instance, in uh, the Minecraft festival uh, for that we did for Blockly, um, we recreated uh, the UC Berkeley football stadium, uh, built a live stage inside of the stadium, um, programmed lights, uh, lasers, we had bubble machines. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and then the sponsors for the event uh, were Razor and Spin. And so we built a Razor VIP pool section that overlooks the, the stage. And then we had a spin castle uh, where you could explore um, and do a little, uh, we had a, uh, uh, what's it called? A um, free running course inside of the, the spin castle that oh. we built for uh, players to like interact parkour? With. Yeah, parkour, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so it was, uh, if you come to us with an idea, we can help you build it out. Uh, just a general look, feel, um, if you have a particular lineup you want to work with. Uh, right now, we're reaching out to uh, labels, artist managers, um, uh, event producers to see if they would be interested in uh, conducting a Minecraft festival and then um, what they would need to consider it a success, right? So we also like to ask, uh, how much of a reach do you want for this festival? Uh, what platforms do you want this streamed on? Um, do you want this to be a ticket sale event where the only people who have access to the event are those that buy tickets? Uh, do you want this to be a streaming event where it's primarily for promotional purposes and you just want as wide of a reach as possible? Um, and we're prepared to handle uh, either case. 
What about the performance side? I know, like in, in Blockly, you said you had a lot of artists, um, ha- and, and you said they had short sets. How does, the, how does the artist part of this work in terms of performance? So uh, for the Blockly and uh, other Minecraft festivals at the time, uh, the focus, uh, the, the only way you could um, have a music festival inside of Minecraft was to basically have a, a pre-recorded sets, right? Um, that were then played simultaneously over the streaming video. Uh, on a platform like Twitch, for instance. So on Blockly, uh, the way the experience worked was you would go in-game, um, hang out at the stage, but the actual music was coming from uh, the Twitch platform, right? And so we said, okay, that worked for now, um, uh, but let's make it so we have in-game audio, right? The common sense next step for uh, development. So now we can not only do uh, in-game audio, but also live audio from live performances, um, and, uh, soon to be video as well. Um, uh, so what happens is that, uh, once we know the lineup, we reach out to the artist, uh, and their management team. Uh, we have them send a photo that, of what they want to look like in game. Um, they can ask for, uh, you know, normal clothes, whatever they're wearing in the photo, we can create capes, wings, uh, glasses, any sort of um, clothing item that they can imagine um, as well. And then we also discuss what visuals they would like. So uh, we can do custom video backgrounds um, during their performances. We can have a special particle, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Special videos that, um, essentially holograms is the best way to describe it, Mm -hmm. uh, that float around the stage or above the stage during their performances. Um, And so we work with the management team and the artists to make sure that uh, they're excited and happy about what they're going to look like in game um, and what their performance will represent to the audience. So let me see if I've got this right. One scenario is you've got pre-recorded music um, and basically the, the artists can control their avatar on stage to just be dancing around or whatever, as if they're playing music and people are hearing music. Um, and, and another, so that's one option, right? Right. Another option is you said something about video. Now with video, are you talking about a video of an actual real person that gets displayed in Minecraft? Uh, so we do have that capability now. Um, for, for Blockly, uh, it was pre-recorded sets that were played separately um, while people were uh, dancing in-game, right? right? So you had to have yeah. Twitch and Minecraft open. Now, you just have to have Minecraft open, um, and we can do live streaming of live performances, so not pre-recorded performances. Um, and then uh, we can even do a video uh, as well, um, which would come from either a live source or a, a pre-recorded source, depending on, uh, demand. So I would be inside Minecraft looking at a video screen. <laughs> that it is a, it is a possibility. It might not okay. be exactly, uh, what you're looking for. Um, uh, but it, it, it helps, um, uh, for certain, in certain cases, right. Um, where maybe the, 
user wants to see uh, both a, a video stream of the live performance, but still participating with the community, being able to yeah. walk around the map. Sure. Um, yeah. There's no there's no uh, live mapping of a live performance to an avatar, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're shooting the video now with like a CGI studio or something, and the avatar is doing what the performer is doing in a studio somewhere. <laughs> so uh, it's a... What our team actually, uh, one of the members of our team works heavily uh, in the VR space for um, therapy uh, uh, specific cases. And um, we've been discussing with them um, some techniques that we can actually uh, use to map artists' performance movements yeah. uh, to their actual in-game characters. So if you think of, for instance, uh, your Kinect, uh, right? Uh, it's an Xbox the 360 device um, mm-hmm. that captures, uh, maps out the body's um, uh, limbs and then translates those limb motions into uh, a computer uh, um, character motions, right, for mm-hmm. certain video yeah. games. And so we can take that same data and apply it to the Minecraft space uh, as well. That'd be cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So um, just so people, because, you know, there are labels and managers listening. Um, what, how expensive is it to put on a Minecraft festival? Say, say there's an indie label that just like, yeah, let's, let's do a festival with like 10 of our hot artists right now in Minecraft. We think it'll connect with our fan base. What kind of budget should they be looking at just for the, the production end, not for marketing or anything or, or even artist fees? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can work with most budgets, the expensive part for us, uh, primary expense is the, uh, the construction of and design of the actual worlds and characters. Right. And then, um, the live video production, right? So if you want a, uh, professional quality video that's accessible, um, not only to in-game users, but to people watching on a live stream or post, uh, that's also something that, uh, adds to the budget. That adds to the budget, right? Um, that being said, uh, we can do um, an event without any. Uh, so, it, I guess I'll consider it if you build a custom stage and then have um, you know a minimum degree of camera work, a short you know one to three hour event. We can probably do that for you know, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars is what mm-hmm. we're uh, aiming at, and then mm-hmm. at the high end of that budget, if you want right big name artists, um, uh, lots of promotion and a increased map size with uh, which will also draw in a lot of users, um, running up our streaming costs, right? Um, uh, that can be you know one hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. Uh, minimum there pretty cheap compared to renting out an, uh, a stadium <laughs> yeah absolutely it's a it's a great it's a it's a great deal for sure for instance the uh blockly music festival we had uh five million impressions on facebook and instagram um for that event alone so if you consider the reach that you can get out of these events um it's it's unbelievably cheap yeah. And what about the artist end? I mean, are artists able to monetize by participating in Minecraft festivals? Are they getting paid fees or are there any kind of uh, other money? Mon- I mean, you mentioned uh, digital merch and stuff like that. What, what is it? 
what incentivizes a label or a manager or an artist to say, yeah, let's, let's get our artists on stage in Minecraft. So the way we monetize, um, in an event, of course, uh, you can, where you want to focus on monetization, we can do ticket sales, right? So, um, uh, the visitors to the server have to pay for full access to the whole festival. Um, sometimes we can set it up so that they pay uh, for specific stage access, right? And we can do a free tier, like a freemium model of sorts. Um, we can also have the artists show up in game and interact with players uh, on voice or uh, text chat. Um, as a way of helping them monetize. Uh, we can also do exclusive mixes or performances that are then um, only released in game to incentivize users to pay for that access that are then released elsewhere uh, after the festival. Um, there, there are a number of ways we can do it. Um, it just depends on, again, the goals of uh, the managers and artists. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. So um, this has been super fun. Like I said, you're going to be at the Music Tectonics Conference speaking October 27th, 28th. Our listeners can go to musictectonics.com and click on the conference to find out about our newly announced, just announced online version. Um, because of the pandemic, we're not going to be um, meeting in person this year, even though we had a great first year festival in LA. Um, and it's going to be great. We're doing lots to, to make sure that there's not only great programming with people like Alex sharing their insights, but also um, uh, a lot of networking opportunities. We're, we're, we're pushing the limits of what we've done so far with online, our weekly Wednesday events to really give people a chance to meet and get business done. That's what we want to see happen. Great ideas sharing across multiple aspects of music tech and other industries, but then people actually getting to meet people and do some deals too. So check out musictectonics.com. Um, Alex, before we wrap up, what is the future of in-game concerts and festivals? Where do you see this stuff going? Uh, from our perspective, it'd be great if everybody involved, uh, everybody in the world had attended an in-game festival at some point in the future. I think that would be uh, fantastic for us. We definitely see expanded access uh, in the future. We're working on uh, one of the features is browser-based access. So you don't have to download um, a special app or special game, uh, but you'll have a limited experience uh, in browser. And it, once those tools become more readily available, um, I think uh, the application uh, and accessibility uh, is definitely going to expand, which will draw more interest and, and help this space uh, grow. Um, one of the best cases I can think of, sorry, I know this is supposed to be a quick answer. But no, no, the, it's cool. It's uh, cool. Oh, one of the... Uh, uh, best cases is um, Tomorrowland um, uh, because their festival was uh, put on or postponed this year. They developed an entire virtual reality platform uh, specific to their event uh, for access uh, across all platforms. So um, as those tools, again, become more available, I definitely think we're going to see uh, an expansion in interest, not only from fans, but also uh artists and labels. You know, you bring up a really good point that we haven't talked about. Is, and one of the things I like about Minecraft and, and this whole idea of Minecraft, Roblox uh, types of festivals is that you don't really need special equipment. One of the challenges with VR is people getting up to speed with having the headset and, um, 
and and getting everything to work well and connect and and so forth and then also you know cross-platform interoperability issues and and all that kind of stuff whereas with minecraft if you've got the game and yes you do have to download minecraft currently um you can experience it without having to get hardware and invest in the hardware and so forth so i mean it's interesting when you hear people say the word virtual reality you're you know my first thought is picturing headsets but we are talking about creating a virtual world in minecraft and you don't need to have a headset it's not the same 360 sensory experience but it's uh you kind of trick yourself into feeling like it is (laughs) Absolutely. Um, so, so that's a good point. So um, I've got a question, Alex. Would you be up for maybe posting some um, images of some of your festival scenery and so forth in the Music Tectonics app? We've got this community app, which anybody can find in the iOS or Android uh, Google Play stores. Just search for Music Tectonics um, or go to app.musictectonics.com. Would you be up for posting some some visuals there? And also, that could be a cool way for people to connect with you. Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to do that. We have some um, great footage from uh, the Blockly Music Festival and then also um, some of the uh, uh, comparisons that we've done between buildings in the real world and buildings that we've created uh, in our server. All right. That'll be fun to check out. So that, that's cool. We'll, we'll all look in the app for that. Um, Alex, I, I, I don't know if I said your last name right. How do you, how do you say your last name? Uh, Parian. I do. Parian. Okay. Yeah. Alexander Parian, CEO of Genesis. Is it virtualgenesis.io? Is that the website? That's correct. Yeah, cool. You can check out more about his company there. Alex, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you at the Music Tectonics Conference. Thank you very much, Dimitri. And thank you for listening. Make sure to hit subscribe. Again, go to the Music Tectonics app. You can connect with Alex. You can see some of the stuff that Genesis has done in Minecraft. And also, we've done some cool AMAs with people like Sherry Hu, Tracy Maddox. um, And we're going to have more of those coming soon. And uh, make sure to mark your calendar October 27th, 28th, 2020. The Music Tectonics Conference will be online. Sign up for our newsletter at musictectonics.com. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Music Tectonics.